Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, and on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show. And I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to take it in with Psalm 7114 using my step-by-step Bible study method. And you're going to find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. And with me today is my beautiful friend, Susie Crosby. Susie is the author of the devotional Just One Word a book of 90 devotions, all based around using one word to set our minds on the never-ending power of God's work in our lives. And if you've been listening for a while, you know Susie's voice. She has been my co-host this past year for our Bible Talk bonus episodes, and she'll be continuing to join me about once a month. I've talked you into that, haven't I, Susie? (laughs) (laughs) About once a month for these Take It In episodes. And as always, Susie, welcome. We are so glad you are here. Thank you, Angie. So am I. So Psalm 71, 14 in the NIV says, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. And so just a brief overview of the book of Psalms. It is the longest collection of biblical poetry in the Bible. It consists of prayers and hymns and laments and songs covering a broad range of human experience. It's often used in worship in the Old Testament. Of all the books in the Old Testament, the book of Psalms most vividly represents the faith of individuals in the Lord, and the Psalms are the inspired responses of human hearts to God's revelation of himself. And that the, that information is from a couple of different commentaries you know, using my logo software, and all those references are in today's show notes if you'd like. And then Psalm 71, the chapter where we are And I get this information from the Enduring Word commentary. It says that the author is unidentified, and it expresses the faith of an older person throughout most of his lifetime. Charles Spurgeon writes this about the the Psalm 71. We have here the prayer of the aged believer who, in holy confidence of faith, strengthened by a long and remarkable experience, pleads against his enemies and asks further blessings for himself. And in this psalm, there are several references to other psalms. You hear references to Psalms uh, 22 and 31 and 35 and 70. And there are three basic sections of this psalm. Verses 1 to 4 is a prayer for help from the Lord. Verses 5 to 13 is a prayer from a lifelong trust. And then verses 14 to 24, where we're going to camp out uh, today in 14, is a continuation of a life of praise. So that's just a little background, hopefully sets the context just a little bit for where we're going to be studying today. And I'm going to turn things over to Susie because she's going to help us out with step one is to choose our word. And so talk to us a little bit about our word and uh, yeah, help us get get a handle on it. 
All right, Angie, our word um, that we're going to focus on in this verse is hope. And the definition of hope is to cherish a desire with anticipation or to expect with confidence. Mm -hmm. And I always like to look up the opposite of a word. It helps me understand what it means to know what it doesn't mean. And the opposite of hope is to doubt or um, to apprehend. It's as a noun, it is the opposite is anxiety, fear, disbelief, or insecurity. Mm. That word anxiety, and I know this is true for you too, like that, it's so helpful to me also when we look at the 180 of the word, right? Like, and so like, it's, it's, it's hard for me to like almost receive, like when I'm anxious, I've lost my hope in the Lord. Like, is that really what it's saying? It kind of is, right? Like I'm focusing on, or I think there isn't hope or I'm focusing on the absence of hope, or I don't know, that just kind of, that pierces my heart with a, with a, with a gentle conviction really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly Mm -hmm. what I I felt when I was reading Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, step two in the step-by-step method is to investigate. And we do that in four parts. And part one is to compare the word in other translations. I find a good source for that is Bible gateway. I plug in the verse. And then when you plug in one verse in Bible gateway, you can click underneath it and it says, uh, this verse in all English translations or something, and it'll just pull up probably, gosh, like maybe 40 of them, I'm kind of guessing. But anyway, so this word hope in the Amplified said wait and hope. The ERV said trust. The GNV said wait. The TLB said expecting you to help me. Hmm. And the message says while I stretch out reaching for you. And I thought that was really, I'm going to plug a couple of those in. So It says, as for me, I will always have hope. I will always have trust. I will always wait. That feels a little different to me. I will always wait. I will always expect you to help me. I will always stretch out and reach for you. Mm, Always is a big word when you add it to those other things. (laughs) I will always do this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So part two in the investigate step is to research the original word. Our, our original word is going to be in Hebrew this time. So what'd you find there, Susie? The word in Hebrew is yachal. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it, like you were saying, it means to wait, to be patient, to be pained, to stay, to trust. Mm. Yeah. Yachal. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, some yeah, it I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> we are not learned in Greek and Hebrew when we do this and I think it's important for us to know we don't have to be. So, I found something in the Lexham Bible Dictionary that said biblical hope is founded on something that provides a sufficient basis for confidence in its fulfillment. God and his redemptive acts as they culminate in the birth, life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh the theological word book of the Old Testament said, this hope is not a pacifying wish of the imagination, which drowns out troubles, nor it is uncertain, but rather this hope is the solid ground of expectation for the righteous. As such, it is directed towards God. Now I know that's, that's a lot of words, but it's like this um, hope. I think when we use this word in our English language, it's almost kind of like trite or light, Um, you know, but this is not that. This is something solid. This is something that doesn't move. This is something that doesn't change. This is something that we can like bank on, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part three of the investigate step is to read a little bit of commentary. I'm going to read first a couple of things that I found in the enduring word. It says the psalmist was in a serious crisis and depended upon God for help. Yet in this psalm, he does not slip into despair or seem to lose the sense of God's favor. In other words, he doesn't get anxious. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do the opposite. Right. Exactly. Um, Charles Spurgeon says, when I cannot rejoice in what I have, I will look forward to what shall be mine and still rejoice. When I cannot rejoice in what I have, I will look forward to what shall be mine and will still rejoice. I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think about that statement? And what is it that you find maybe in your life, Susie, that you know shall be yours when you can't rejoice in what you have? Put you on the spot there. but yeah. Well, I was thinking about that. The, the difference between hoping as kind of a trite, like, oh, I hope I Mm-hmm. This or I hope this happens, or the the kind of hope that is that I expect God to act kind of hope. And mm-hmm. I think, like for me, ultimately, it's heaven. Like right. I I always say, this isn't this isn't forever. None of this is forever. No matter how hard it is, no matter how sad it is, no matter how scary it is, we have something better to look forward to. This life is not the only thing. And for people that don't have that hope that this is all they they think life is, is you live here and whatever good and bad happens, that's it. I think that is a really empty, scary place. And so the hope of heaven for me is just that I know God is going to bring me there when my life is over. I know he's taking the people I love there that I've prayed for that have, you know, asked him into their heart. And so heaven is the ultimate hope for me. Yeah. I love that. And before we pressed record, Susie and I figured out that in this past week, we've both seen Chris Tomlin in uh, in concert. And I don't know about you, but I will tell you when he sang the song Home, hopefully that was in his set list in your city too, yes. Susie. Um, when he sang Home, oh my gosh, my heart is just so filled with, I think so often the songs about heaven are sort of like melancholy and sad or something, but his song Home is brings me so much hope because it really like, yes, I look forward to that. And not only do I look forward to that, but I have hope that there are pieces of that I can have before I get there. Like God wants us to experience part of what heaven is in this life here. And it's hard to find sometimes, but, but it is possible. And that when we do have this promise of eternity, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey friend, I'm jumping in right here to let you know I'm currently accepting applications for the Steady On Internship Program. I will be bringing on new team members for the step-by-step Bible study, podcasting, newsletters, and the Ministry Co-op Membership Group. If you are a woman who desires to grow your expertise in speaking, writing, and ministry leading, a year-long internship with Steady On may be the next right step for you. During your internship, I will help you build skills to grow your ministry as you support me in mine. Details and a link to the internship application are in today's show notes. If you're even a tiny bit interested, I would absolutely love to talk to you more. And now, back to the show. Um, Part four in the investigate step then is to try to rewrite the verse. And I will turn that back over to you. I'm going to read the verse in the NIV one more time. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. And so what did that look like in the Susie Crosby translation? <laughs> well, 
<clears throat> I wrote, I'm going to grasp onto the lifeline of hope with both hands forever. And the reason I use that that uh, word lifeline is because I really like to study in the Message Bible. And this is a, a New Testament verse. It's not the same um, root word as the hope that we're studying, but I, I feel like it kind of connects because um, I'm going to read this verse, Hebrews 6, 19 in the Message Bible, because it is one of the most um, foundational verses in my faith, in my life. It says, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline, reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God. And that visual for me of being in a place, maybe the, maybe, you know, overwhelming water or maybe some place where I don't feel solid or secure and holding on to a really strong rope that is anchored to him, that is absolutely not going to give way, holding on with both hands, that lifeline to him is always, always there. And if I just grab onto it with both hands, that means like I'm fully committing here. I'm going to put everything into trusting that he's got it on the other end. I'm not holding to his rope on with one hand. And that's what I hear. And trying to reach for something else with the other, right? right. Like I'm totally getting that, but I'm all in. This is my hope. Two hands, both hands, holding onto that rope. And he's got the other end of it is for me, that is hope. And I, sometimes I just imagine that when I'm in a situation where I don't see it, I don't see the, the answer. I don't feel the peace I can reach out and grab mm. that hope. So yes, that's a that's a different um, root word of hope, but I feel like it's the same principle that God is on the other end, that God is the one that we can count on, that we can expect to answer. Yeah. That that visual of a lifeline and a rope though is real. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Because we don't always, as Spurgeon said, right, when I cannot rejoice in what I have, I will look forward to, or in your words, my words, I will hang on to what shall be mine, what is mine, and I will still rejoice, right? Like, we may be holding on to that rope and still bumping around in that unsafe water or whatever. Like, it's not, that doesn't mean it's <laughs> magically calmed. You know, this is not yeah. that. And yet we know I had a mentor say to me one time, and it was referring to in Daniel 4, I think, in the Shadrach, Meshach, Mendoco story, they can make the fires very hot, but they cannot make it burn, right? And I think about that with your rope, like they can make the waters very, they, the world, whatever, the circumstances can make the waters very choppy, but they cannot make you drown. Like, right. because that's not, that's not how it works when we hang on to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, good. It doesn't mean he's going to lift us right out all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We can still be right. in it holding right. on, right? Yeah. <laughs> holding on for dear life. <laughs> oh. Well, step three in the step-by-step -step Bible study method is to find the heart, the character, the promises of God. And I wrote down a couple of things that were important to me. One, that he is faithful, that he always keeps his promises and therefore can always be trusted. And I think it's a sign of spiritual maturity when we look for how he's keeping his promises, not just waiting for him to keep his promises based on how we think his promises should be kept. <laughs> and that's how we grow, right? Um, I also put that he's our present help in trouble. 
Um, remembering he is good forces my anxiety to flee. Like actually my anxiety, my 180 of hope doesn't share space with remembering that he is my lifeline, right? I have to choose. I can hang on to the lifeline or I can hang on to the anxiety. And I say, hang on to the anxiety because that's what we really do when we're choosing to stay in the, in the situation, right? Yeah. So those were a couple that came to mind for me and in terms of just the heart, the character of God. Um, step four is to identify the lie. And um, I, that's always, that's a very important part of studying for me, because I think it is really important to be able to look inside ourselves and say, why is this hard to believe? Or why is this hard to do? Or why is this hard to keep doing? Uh, what tempts me to choose whatever one of those 180 words, what, attempt, what tempts me to choose the anxiety over the hope? And so um, maybe what's something for you, Susie, that stands out as a lie that can be tempting to believe. Well, there's two things, two lies that really came to my mind. One of them is that we can't trust him or that I can't trust him. And that, um, trust issue comes up a lot. So just, um, realizing that lie is so present when I'm not feeling the hope, but also is it okay to have two? Absolutely. No rules. rules. The other one is, that God will abandon me. Mm. That won't be on the other end of that rope. That I'm the, holding the on one to- that I wrote down was there's always a chance he may not come through for you this time. Yeah. So similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those two things just, I mean, it kind of goes together. Do I trust that he is not going to abandon me? Mm-hmm. Gotta fight that lie. Yeah. Yeah. Because the scripture promises us that he will never leave nor forsake us, right? Joshua 1, 5. Like there, it's it's promise. And that's not the only place to find it. That's just the place I go to all the time because I know I, you know, why do we decide that this might be the situation that has the asterisk beside it? Like maybe he never left anyone in the Bible and he's never left anyone before. And maybe that was true. But is that promise still true right here in this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man, that's good though. I think it's really good to call it out. When we say it out loud, it does kind of sound silly, and yet yeah. it and yeah, yet it and yet we make so many decisions based on the lie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, step five, as we wrap up, is just called "So What," and it's just the time when we ask maybe what a major takeaway is uh, from the time that we've studied. And for me, I wrote this down. I said, if I find myself feeling discouraged or defeated, I can choose to remember how God has helped and strengthened me before and trust him to do it again. Yeah. That's what that it that's what it is to put our hope in something, right? To trust that he will do it again. I love the song Do It Again by Elevation Worship. I don't know if you know that song. Um I love that song and um there was a situation that I had years ago when I had uh, I was in some choppy waters uh, and I felt like I was being very rejected. I, I it, and my emotions were kind of swirling. And I was running into the uh, our local grocery store to to pick up a few things. It was cold that night. I put the I put my earbuds in because I kind of I needed to get a few groceries, but I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I, sometimes when you have your earbuds in, it's kind of like you know it says I don't want to talk to you. That's not really the best behavior, but it's where <laughs> I was. And the first song that came through those earbuds was "Do It Again" by Elevation Worship, and it was just this peaceful. It felt like a wash over me, Susie, where I'm like, I do remember. I've been here before. We've been here before. And I know how you've taken care of me before. And so I will hold on to that lifeline rope 
-hmm. and I will trust that you will do it again. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Uh, I love doing this with you and friend. Um, we're so glad that you listened today. I'd love to hear your takeaway. Um, if you're interested at all in sending it to me, you can do that at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to know your takeaway today. If you haven't yet, I'd be grateful if you would subscribe or follow the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll receive every episode. And I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for the Live It Out conversation. My guest is Danielle Strickland, and I met Danielle through an organization she founded called the Women's Speaker Collective. And so, and just to be honest, I've been a huge admirer of Danielle's work for years, and it was a big deal to me that she spent time recording this episode for you. So she'll be with us to talk about hope and how we hang on to hope in a world that feels so cynical and lost. And so I just encourage you to to listen to that conversation on Wednesday. Her story will be a live it out on this verse, Psalm 71, 14. Thank you, Susie, for doing this with me again. It's always so nice to have you here. And thank you so much for listening, friend. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.